Where do these fraudsters get this malware? You can't go to a Target or a Home Depot to buy it, so where do you get it? To the deep web. The deep uh -huh. web. To the deep web, and uh, we see now a trend where we have malware as a service. Now you don't need to develop this malware. There is a market where you can buy Russian malware, Romanian malware. Introducing the Protectors. Inside criminal minds from around the world. Presented by the IAFCI, leaders in safeguarding consumers from fraud and scams for more than 50 years. And now your hosts, International President Mike Carroll and International VP Mark Solomon. Hello everybody, it's Mike Carroll joining you from the IFCI Training Conference at the Great Sheridan Grand Hotel here in Chicago. Welcome to our podcast, IFCI Presents The Protectors. Along with me today is my co-host, Mark Solomon. Mark, how you doing today? Mike, I'm doing great and um, we're so excited. Today we actually have a very uh, special guest from Mexico. Nice. Uh, you know, it's been a tough time with COVID, but fortunately we were able to get Carlos Lang to come to the conference and present on ATM skimming and malware. So Carlos is with Damage Control and, and Mike, this guy is incredible when it comes to ATM skimming investigations and malware. So Carlos, welcome. Thanks for coming. We appreciate you being here. Thank you very much, Mark. Mike, it's a pleasure to be here and be involved in this protector thing. It's, I think it's an incredible initiative, and I'm delighted to be able to travel again and being in Chicago with all of you. Thank you, Carlos. And today's topic, Carlos, you're an expert on it, and so is Mark, and ATM skimming and malware and something I'm always learning about. You know, something new is always happening with that, and I'm glad to have you on, Carlos, so we can learn a lot more today. Thank you very much. So, Carlos, tell me, how did you get involved in skimming investigations of malware? I mean, usually kids don't grow up dreaming about that, but, you know, like, how did you do it? Well, actually, when I was a little kid, I wanted to be a thief. And so, but I, the, the thing I most appreciate is to, I'm a good sleeper, so I love to sleep well, so I decided not being a criminal. Uh, I got involved <laughs> with cybersecurity a long time ago. I've been here in cybersecurity for 22 years now. And uh, I started working with uh, viruses at that time. And uh, there was a moment in 2006 that the viruses changed into Trojans and they began to steal information from the banks, stealing passwords. And then internet fraud became a major thing. Later, criminals, well, banks developed uh, some protections. We have the one-time passwords and things. So fraud went down. And uh, my customers, uh, I work with the major banks, and they told me, you know, our main headache right now are ATMs and uh, criminals are cloning cards. And this is the main headache that we have, so we need to find a solution. So that's when I started working and doing research and finding uh, how it happened. And I saw this was a niche that was not being properly taken by security companies. This is 2006 when I started working with, with ATM. So now we have several years on this and I love it. I mean, it has a physical aspect of the, of the attack, but then we also have a cyber part of the attack and it's incredible. So uh, for our, our new listeners here uh, that may not know a lot, about ATM skimming. What is it? I mean, how do bad guys get your card information and then turn that into cash? Well, my theory is that uh, if you saw the movies robbing a bank, that was like, you get, go to the bank and you rob the bank. Then banks became very difficult to rob. Uh, and the risk was so high. And what was the next best option? An ATM. It's like a small bank. There's The money's there. And the criminals uh, realized that the cards that were using to operate on the ATMs, while the security was not 
it, it was very old. We have been using cards now for many years, so this is old technology. And they were able to copy that information that was on the Mac strip on the card. And then just by copying that information and writing in a different card, and if you are able to get the PIN number by setting up a camera or another device, hmm. you could do the transaction. So you were you put this device on an ATM, leave it on the weekend, and go back, and maybe you have hundreds of cards and PIN numbers. Then you just write them on a new card, and that's it. Easy money, very little risk. And, uh, well, they were making millions and millions worldwide just by this. So it's just as simple as attaching some devices to an ATM or putting it inside an ATM, and then they're cloning, what you say, cloning a car, where they're just making a duplicate of that original card, and it acts like the customer's real that card. That was the origin. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. The uh -huh. idea is uh, they did a lot of money, and uh, banks decided to implement countermeasures on that. Then the criminals saw that, well, let's, not, let's do it again, and uh, they increased their level of sophistication. So it goes on and on and on. We went from Mac stripes to chip cards, then from chip cards to ATM malware, and the network attacks on ATMs. It gets very, very, very sophisticated. These guys that we see mainly coming from Europe, uh -huh, and uh, from, from Eastern Europe, they have incredible technical uh, knowledge some inside knowledge also on the way that bank systems operate. And as this is a worldwide technology, if they can do that on an ATM in Romania, then they can do this on an ATM in Chile or in Canada or in Las Vegas. It's just the same thing, same model, same ATMs. Hey, Carlos, can I ask you, with ATM skimming, they capture the information by putting some type of device on the ATM where you insert your card to get the information off the back part of the yes. card, the, mm -hmm. the swipe part. Okay, and you mentioned about the pin camera. Is that, that purpose is right to get the four-digit card number? Exactly. I was just going to ask you, where do you, unusual uh, places where they install the mm -hmm. pin camera to get that information? Uh -huh. the, the ATM, you can steal two things from an ATM, information or money. So the first part, information, there are two pieces of information you need to make a, a fake card or a copied card. One is a personal account number, which is on the Mac stripe, uh -huh, and the other is a four-digit pin. So where do you use those four-digit pins? Just remember where you're using normally in ATMs or in some cases in gas pump skimmers. In some cases, gas pump skimmers will ask you for sometimes the zip code before, but that was with Mac stripe and now with the pin that we, we use chip and pin, we can ask for the pin. So we need to capture that information. So there are two ways. One would be a layered keyboard, which is not very common, but now we see that it's returning. And the other is would be a camera, a pinhole camera, that normally has to be close enough and in the area of your hands in order to see the pin. That's one of the tips that we always tell them. The best countermeasure for you using an ATM, instead of just pulling the ATM, is cover your hand and don't show your pin. They might get your card information, but then they will not do the pin. Carlos, you mentioned ATM malware, and you know when you look at an ATM machine, you don't think of it as a computer, but is that what it really is? And and how does ATM malware work, where the criminal is able to install this somehow and then get money out of the machine? Well, just as you said, we have to think that the ATM is a computer with hardware that is called a dispenser. The best analogy would be to think of the computer and the printer but you're printing bills. So the reasoning is the bills are in the safe. It's very difficult to get to them. It's dangerous. You will need explosives or probably to pull the ATM very hard. So it's, it's dangerous. Getting to the upper part of the ATM is not that difficult. Uh -huh. the, it doesn't have the same security in place. Sometimes they have master keys or simple locks that can be open. 
Once you get there, the ATM is working in a Windows environment, and we already know about vulnerabilities, access. You have full access to the USBs, to the CDs. Most of the ATMs still have CD, CD drives, and most of them boot from the CD once you, you turn off and on the, the ATM. So it's not that difficult to develop a piece of software that gets information and send commands to the dispenser. It would be the same as sending a print command. And uh, in this case, you are sending commands to get the printer to work or the dispenser to work. So it's not that difficult, actually. Wow. And then where do these fraudsters get this malware? I mean, where you can't go to a, a Target or a home, you know, home Depot to buy it. So where do you get it? To the deep web. The deep uh -huh. web. To the deep web. And uh, it's, we see now a trend where we have malware as a service. Now you don't uh, need to develop this malware. There is a market where you can buy Russian malware, Romanian malware, uh, and they have their versions, different versions. So ATMs normally have four drawers with different denominations of bills. So if you buy the cheap malware, then you will get only the first drawer that will give you the $20 bills. But if you pay for the full uh, malware, then you can get the fourth drawer, which will give you the, the 100 bills. And yep, it's just a service. So it's not that difficult to get it. You don't have to be a developer even to, to do it. So it's crazy. It's yeah. really crazy. Yeah, insane. Carlos, you mentioned the name of your company is Damage Control. And you brought up that you work with a lot of financial institutions. Do you also work with law enforcement? Do you present cases to them or are you, are you kind of advising them on what you're seeing? Yeah, and uh, especially in my region in Latin America, that's quite a challenge because of the technical level. So we do work with the financial institutions and we help them to get, once they arrest people, the, the financial institution has to help the law enforcement to present the case, to get the evidence, to go to a judge and make him understand. Fortunately in Mexico now we have caught up with all this and we have proper judges who will receive the information and get the evidence. So it's working better, but then we, we have countries like in Central America where they don't have any idea of what is happening. And uh, my best example is Chile. Chile has great police, great laws, great judges. We arrested a gang of eight Romanians. And these guys are very smart. What they will do sometimes in these countries, they, they steal information, for example, in Mexico. They steal information from the cards. And then they come to the U.S. and they cash out in the U.S. and vice versa. So when they are captured, there is no person involved in that country that got his information stolen. So yeah. then who's going to present right. the case if the person is not involved? In Chile, it's different. So we were able to, they captured the guys. We did a forensic on the computer. We found the bank accounts. And these guys have been in jail now for three years. Wow. Well, Carlos, I could tell you the IFCA is very lucky to have you as a member and, and one of our subject matter experts when it comes to ATM skimming and malware. We appreciate the presentation you did today. We hope you enjoy the rest of the conference. And uh, I will, and but just let me tell you, I really love being part of IFCI, and this has helped me to establish networking that has helped me in most of these cases. Where we don't have the technology, we are... We get to know the people that are yeah. involved in law enforcement, and they have helped us a lot, a yeah. lot. So they, uh, and I can tell you firsthand, Mike, uh, he helped us out a case uh, when we started, had some malware attacks in, in the United States here a couple of years ago, and first person I turned to was uh, to Carlos to help us and guide us. So he is a, a valuable resource to law enforcement and to the IFCI. So Carlos, thank you for being here. And uh, like I said, uh, thanks for what you do. Thank you. Delighted thank you, to participate in here. Thank you very much, Mike. Mark. Alrighty, thank you for listening to another episode of The Protectors. We will see you real soon. Thanks for listening to today's podcast. Remember, as you join the fight to protect our citizens, you're not alone. 
With more than 6,500 members from around the world, the men and women of the IAFCI are standing together with you. To learn more or to join the IAFCI, please visit our website at www.iafci.org. The Protectors Podcast is produced by Modified Media and is available for free wherever you listen to podcasts. The hosts and guest opinions are their own and do not reflect those of management, employers, or sponsors. Listeners are encouraged to contact law enforcement if they suspect being a victim of a crime.